Agents Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Chime. Chime offers an award-winning sales acceleration platform built for the real estate industry. Powered by artificial intelligence, Chime delivers the data insights agents and teams need to make the most out of the leads they already have and to get to a close faster. Through an expanding partner network, Chime's easy-to-use conversion platform also delivers quality sales-ready leads from the get-go. It eliminates time-consuming manual tasks and helps agents focus on what matters most, building their network, servicing clients, and growing the bottom line. To learn more about how Chime can help you, visit www.chime.me or call 833-682-4463. Welcome back to the Lab Code Agents Podcast, and you came to the right place as you are in for a treat today. Tristan and Nick spend some time with Brendan Kane, marketing genius and best selling author of 1 million followers, who shares his incredible ideas for growing your following and ultimately your business. Today, it was worth the wait because we have an awesome guest with us today. His name is Brendan Kane. Brendan uh, is a social media, when people say guru a lot, but this guy's the real deal. Like, I hate the word guru, but Brendan is a guru, right? <laughs> he's a guru, he's a strategist, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a social media master. Uh, some of the social media presence that he's built uh, for people like Taylor Swift, Rihanna, Michael Strahan. He's been the VP of digital for Paramount Pictures. He's helped companies like Netflix, Ikea, uh, Disney. He's helped these people and companies grow massive social media followings. And he recently wrote a book called One Million Followers, uh, How I Built a Massive Social Media Following in 30 Days. And the cool thing about this book is Brendan thought it would be a fun experiment if he did, if he used his own strategy that he used for celebrities and companies on himself, because nobody, he wasn't a household name out of the industry. You know, the regular person on the street doesn't know him. And he wanted to see if the strategy worked on himself, just in every guy, every man. And it did. And so 1 million followers is all about that. And if you don't believe me, go look them up on Instagram and Facebook. Brendan, you got like two and a half million followers now on both of those networks on Instagram and Facebook, right? Yeah, I think we're two and a half between the two of them. And it's also, it's like, even like the book, some people get caught up in my social audience, but really collectively between my team and also the people featured in the book, we've amassed well over 100 million followers and over 50 billion views. So it's not just like, hey, look at my social accounts. It's like, it's much much bigger than just that. And the foreword of this book is written by Prince EA. I absolutely love Prince EA. Tristan, you know Prince EA? I do, buddy. That guy is awesome. If you don't know him, check him out. So that's pretty sweet that the foreword is written by him. So let's jump into it. Thanks for being here with us, Brendan. We appreciate you being here. Let's get started. I'm just going to start off with content, which is one of the most challenging tasks, I think, for everybody. Uh, But as real estate agents, it seems to be the most challenging and content is really king. So coming up with original content is definitely a pain point for real estate professionals. 
it forces them to think like marketers, which isn't really why they got into the business. Um, but what do you think the simplest, most effective way is for someone to come up with engaging content for Facebook so their content gets shared and organically reaches other people? Yeah, it's a great question. And I, I want to kind of set the stage for the answer of that because there's some things that we need to really dive into to really understand the approach to creating effective content and engaging content. Uh, first and foremost, understanding that there's over 60 billion messages sent out on digital platforms each day between social media, text, email, phone calls, all those things. It's an extremely noisy and oversaturated world. So no longer are you in a world where you're just competing against your direct competition, other realtors, other listings. You're now in a world where you're competing for attention. Like it or not, you're competing against LeBron James and Netflix and The Rock and all these major content players. So one of the first things that we, we really talk about a lot when it comes to creating content is finding a way to hook them in and capture that first three seconds. And one of the, the, the elements that we always talk about is pattern interruption. So just imagine you open up Instagram and you're swiping. And again, you just watched you just watched LeBron James, you just watched Netflix. Now here comes your listing or here comes your content. What is gonna interrupt that pattern and get somebody to just stop and then go into the other part of the conversation? Because if you can't get somebody to stop in those first three to five seconds and people scroll past it, you're gonna, your reach is gonna get completely suppressed in the algorithms. And if it's paid, your cost in the auction is gonna go up dramatically. So our job as content creators, first and foremost, is what is going to make them stop in that first three seconds? And where most people go wrong is they try and do too much. They try and express all of their value or all the listings value or everything in those first three to five seconds and become super overwhelming. And then people scroll past. So there's like this really fine line where you don't want to do too much. You don't want to do too little. There's a sweet spot in between. So it's really that your job, first and foremost, is to win that first three to five seconds. Oh, that makes sense, man. Yeah. So can you tell us with that, you, you mentioned in the book that one of the easiest, most engaging ways to put out content is grabbing quotes that have to do with your specific vertical, sales vertical. For us, it's real estate. So why, why do you say that? What, what makes you think that that's really good? Well, I agree with you. I'm just asking why. Well, that we use that tactically, specifically when we're trying to ge generate followers. Uh, and it's a good tool to use for that. When we're talking about lead, genera lead generation, traffic, or even conversions, we'll use other types of content. But let's just talk about the difference, the high level difference between a video and an image. Because an image is much easier to create. There's a much lower barrier of entry. And again, going back to that first three seconds, within that first three seconds, we can see as a, a person using the app, I like this, I don't like this. There's not that many variables in there. And typically people resonate with positive and affirmational quotes. When you talk about a video, there's so many different variables that go into making a video successful. It's that first three seconds. It's the meme card, it's the headline, it's the captions, it's the color of those things, it's the pacing, it's the tone. Now, with that said, video has a much higher ceiling and much larger opportunity 
than an image does because all of these platforms, again, are dictated by the algorithms and the algorithms have one job and one job only, and that's keep you on the platform longer. Most people think the algorithms are out there to get them, that they're there to make you pay for reach. It's not the case at all. So that's kind of the difference between the two. I don't know how much quotes are really gonna move the needle when it comes to real estate and real estate agents, but we found it to be a very effective tool to bring people into a larger conversation if we're trying to generate a follow. And it also can be used for supplemental content as well, just to keep the audience engaged and show what you represent as a brand. I think, you know, if you're a real estate agent and you're attempting to get seen in front of potential clients, you know, the quotes, you know, may not have the same effect, but if you're a real estate agent and, you know, you're attempting to, maybe you're a successful agent you want to maybe start a consulting or coaching, you know, uh, or be an influencer in the, in the industry, then, then the quotes would potentially uh, help with your following. I know that quotes have helped for us, Tristan, with lab code agents. Definitely. I think you just have to find the right quotes, uh, very similar to what Brendan is saying, stick to that, that world. If you're trying to reach out to, to your consumer that are gonna buy a home, then get quotes that say amazing things about real estate creating wealth along those lines. I think that's what Brendan is saying. Bring them into that world of yours, right, Brendan? Yeah, and also going back to pattern interruption is like, what is a quote that's really gonna stand out? Get somebody to stop in the feed and also intrigue people to want to learn more about you. So there's different ways that you can use headlines or use quotes to really tease and dive into your brand further. And that's, and I can't stress it enough is, and that's why my whole second book, Hook Point, is focused solely on this is because where most people lose and where most people struggle, it's not that they don't have a great message. It's not that they don't have a great brand or in this case, a great property or listing is that they're not winning the first three seconds to dive into the rest of the message or rest into the rest of the story and the reason is, is because there's so much noise, there's so much content. It's not like people, it's different when it's a search-based platform. So if somebody's going into a, a platform like a Trulia or a Zillow or even like an MLS, it's very different. People are looking for property and there's certain tools that we can also talk about and how to stand out in those platforms. But when you're talking about social media, it's not just real estate you're fighting against. You're fighting against every piece of content from an influencer to an athlete, to a celebrity, to a movie studio. Yeah, hundred percent. So let's talk about some of those platforms you had mentioned, you mentioned, uh, you know, for real estate specifically, what, what, what should we be aware of? Well, again, it's doing an analysis of the information on all the other listings and seeing how you stack up. We do this in social media all the time. And I encourage you guys to do this in the listing. So let's take um, Instagram, for example, everybody knows the explore, explore feed where you click the little search icon and then there's all this content that shows up. One of the exercises that we'll do is we'll create a version of that in Photoshop or another image-based platform. And then we'll start inserting our, our images or thumbnails into that and seeing how it stacks up visually against the other one. So a great experiment for you or for realtors with Trulia or MLS or any of these platforms is do the same exercise, create a Photoshop thing as and show what a consumer is going through and see how your image stacks up or how your headline stacks up or how your pricing stacks up. We oftentimes, we just get into this uh, habit of just doing the same thing over and over again, instead of really diving in and seeing visually 
and also uh, contextually with, with the image, the video, the text, what is going to increase that click-through rate? What is going to increase that engagement or get people to stop with that specific uh, piece of content there? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, you talk about that a lot in the book in terms of A-B testing, right? That's, that's uh, you talk a lot about running multiple uh, ad pieces or multiple pieces of content at the same time. Um, you know, with a real estate agent, you know, when it comes to social media, I think why they're not jumping in further is because I think they are afraid of not knowing what's going to work. And they're afraid of as little as $10 being wasted, right? But I also don't look at it as $10 being wasted. I look at it as $10 that I spent to find out that something didn't work, which I'm glad it wasn't $1,000, right? So talk a little bit about A-B testing and how we can use that to our benefit. Yeah, testing is critical to success. Now, when we talk about testing, does it mean that you have to spend money to test? No. It could be what we just talked about with the real estate listings is you set a hypothesis for a property. And is it, let's just, and again, I'm not a realtor, so you guys can yeah, no, know, that's fine. Push, push back on it. But let's just say, I don't want to spend money on ads. And, we can, and I can get into the ad part uh, next time, but you had mentioned being worried about making the wrong decision. Well, first off, there isn't really a wrong decision because we're going to learn from every decision we make and apply it to the next property and the next property and the next property. So that's what I want to set the groundwork is the testing that you're doing is not just for this specific listing or for your specific overall business. It's going to apply for the long-term strategy and the learnings are just going to keep compiling and compiling and compiling on top of each other. So for example, when I worked with Katie Kirk for two years, I had to reverse engineer the art of the interview for digital platforms with her. And I told her, we're not going to fall in love with any interview, but if an interview doesn't work, I don't want you to be upset about it because we're going to take those learnings and apply it to the next one and apply it to the next one. And I did 220 interviews with her ranging from like a DJ Khalid to a Joe Biden to a Jessica Chastain, a chance rapper all across the board. And I tested 75,000 variations of these hooks. And we just got smarter and smarter and smarter to the point where working with Katie, we could predict what questions to ask that would have the highest potential of going viral because we had all, all, these, all of this data. And that analogy I wanna to apply to everybody listening to this, it's like each listing we do is similar to each interview I did with Katie, is I want you to learn with each listing and test a unique variable each time. So going back to an MLS or a Trulia or a Zillow, maybe a hypothesis is, I want to see if starting my first thumbnail is a backyard. I want to see if that moves the needle on click-throughs or getting people versus a basement versus the front of the house. So that could be one task that you don't have to spend any money doing. And then you can learn with each property what variables move the needle. In addition to the headlines is how am I going to structure this headline? What words am I going to use? Okay, for my, hypo- my hypothesis is using the word stunning in the headline is going to create a higher click-through rate or a higher engagement rate. So I'm going to test that variable and track the success or lack thereof with that. Now, as you mentioned, Nick, a, a lot of the, the 1 Million Followers book talks about A-B testing with ads. The beautiful aspect of social platforms with Facebook and Instagram specifically, and you can do the same with YouTube, is it allows you to do something called a dark post, which means 
any, and this is done automatically for you. So I don't want people to kind of stress out about how do I create a dark post? Whenever you create an ad on these platforms, it's created automatically for you as a dark post. And what that means is it's just not being posted to your live timeline or feed. So that gives you a tremendous opportunity to test different variations of your listing. So going back to the hypothesis that I just set out is we could run a test for a, a specific property and test five different thumbnails or five uh, different headlines or five different CTAs and see which one moves the needle in terms of getting people to click or register uh, or share or engage in some way. So that tool is amazing because we can literally take the same listing and test it 10, 15, 20, all the way up to 100 different ways if we want to. And in real time, we'll see the learnings. We'll see which one has the highest click-through rate. We'll see which one has the highest shareability if that's what we're going after or have the highest registration rate. So there's so many different tools at our fingertips that weren't there 10 years ago that, that, that all of you listening can really take advantage of to increase your chances of being successful. Brandon, do you talk more about that in your new book? Yes. So, yeah. So most people come to me now and they're like, I really want to master social media. And I, and I tell them, start with my, my second book, Hook Point, How to Stand Out in Three Second World. Because listen, if I gave, if I gave you a million followers tomorrow and you can't get people to stop and pay attention, then it falls flat. You're not going to get reach in the algorithms. Or, or if it's paid, your cost is going to be inflated in the auction. Because every time we open up these apps, there's probably a thousand pieces of content that could be seeded to us based upon the number of people are following and the content we've engaged with in the past. So the algorithms basically have to say, well, which are the first 10 pieces that I'm going to prioritize that are going to get people on the platform long, keep people on the platform longer? Because obviously they can't seed a thousand pieces of content to you as soon as you open up the app because you'd be just overwhelmed. Well, Brandon, with that, you talk about sticking with the Facebook bid amount. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know people will want to have questions around that. Yeah, so this is kind of a, a more tactical answer. So if people don't understand what we're talking about, just follow up with uh, more uh, questions. But when, we, when you launch a Facebook or Instagram ad, there's basically a daily amount that is automatically kind of a suggested daily amount in there. Kind of like for some campaign, and it depends on the ob objective that you choose. And for those of you who don't know, when you're creating a Facebook or Instagram campaign, there's different objectives. There's, there's clicks, there's leads, there's conversions, there's engagement, there's views. Uh, and across the board, what we have found is that when you stick with that uh, daily budget amount that's already stock filled in, Typically, it's anywhere from $11 to $25 a day. We leave it there for that ad set. And what we do is if we need to increase spend, we duplicate the ad set and we swap out variables. Uh, so people will ask, well, why do you do that? I want to spend $200 a day, not $25 a day. Well, what we found is the more that you increase that daily budget in the ad set, the more your cost increases in the auction. So essentially you're paying higher to reach the same number of people. So again, just to recap, what we, what we suggest is whatever that daily budget is in the ad set, whether it's $11 or $25 when you first create it, 
uh, in the ads manager, stick with that. And if you need to scale, duplicate the ad set. So if we want to go from $25 a day to $100 a day, what I would just do is duplicate the active ad set three more times and swap out some variable of it. And that will help us increase to the $100 a day mark. Yeah. One of my favorite sections in your book, Brandon, way back when I picked it up, is PCM, dude. I wrote tons of notes on that section. That's a good one, dude. Let's talk about it. It's it's probably my favorite section. Can you explain PCM and the six personalities so that people can understand that? Absolutely. So it's I'm glad you brought it up because we have integrated that. And I don't know if you remember the guy, Jeff King, that's in the PCM section. So he ran... Oh a school near you in Malibu uh, for James Cameron and Susie Cameron. So unfortunately they had to close that school due to COVID. So I just hired Jeff recently a few months ago. So our whole agency is now built with process communication model. So all of our staff is trained in it. All of our clients are trained in it. All of our, all of our content is. So one of the biggest things that I see with content and where, where brands or companies fail, it's, again, it's not about their message. It's not about the, the quality of their product or their service. It's not, in your case, it's not the quality of your listing. It's the way that you contextualize it so most people can hear it. So one of the biggest mistakes people make when creating content is they're creating it based on how they perceive the world and not looking at it how the general population perceives the world. So with the process communication model that's used by the likes of NASA, Pixar, Bill Clinton, Audi, all trained in this to connect at scale, it's been around for about 40 plus years. And what they've discovered that within each of us, there are six different ways that we can perceive the world. Now, the difference is we're not putting anybody into a box. We have access to all six, but we generally use one as our base way of perceiving the world. So there's people like myself the base way is perceiving it through thoughts and logic. So data is like a big part, like data, facts, it has to make sense. Then there's a big portion of the population. Uh, it's about feelings and emotions. It's about how it makes them feel. It's not about the data or the facts. Then there's people that perceive the world through values and opinions. It's like, do I believe this? Do I trust this? Then there's people that perceive the world through humor and fun. Is it fun? Is it exciting? Uh, to do. And then there's people that perceive the world through action. They just go. They don't think, they don't feel, they, they don't perceive. If any of you guys have seen any of Tom Cruise's movies, especially the Mission Impossible, he's always running. He's never stopped. He's not, <laughs> he's not sitting he there. He just goes. He just goes. And then there's another uh, that is people that reflect. So these are the people that are very quiet. It's like the Albert Einstein's of the world that they're sitting and staring out a window and you're like, what are they doing? They feel almost disconnected from the world, but they're just reflecting on the world. So again, giving myself as an example, I perceive the world through thoughts and logic. So if I just go out there and start talking about a real estate listing, just about the facts of it's this many square feet, um, it's this price uh, and, and just the data around it, I'm probably going to alienate you know, close to uh, 75% of the North American population. So if I'm selling a house or, or I'm creating a piece of content around the listing, what I would do is I would list the, 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 the data. I would say, you know, this house is X number of square feet and this cost per square foot 
and the percentage of success in the school districts is as X, then I would move to the feeling. And I know you're going to feel so comfortable in this house because it just, it just feels really good to be there. And I believe that this is the right choice for you, that you can trust that this is going to be the best piece of property. And you know what? The neighborhood is off the chain. It is so fun. It has great neighbors. You're going to have such a great time. So I just intertwined a few of those. I did thoughts and logic. I did feelings and emotions, beliefs and opinions, and then fun and humor. And then if you wanted to intertwine the, the action-based thing, you, you would say, bottom line, this is the best house on the market that you're going to find. So we're taking the same property and we're just changing up the different variables so most people can receive the information that we want to give to them. Because again, if I just did data and facts, or if I just did feelings and emotions, I'm going to alienate a big percentage of the people. So everything that we do through our content and through our clients, we train them in the process communication model so that they can first understand how they perceive the world. Because the minute you understand how you perceive the world, then you can understand what your strengths and weaknesses are. In addition, through that training, we will then help people craft their message so it can reach the widest audience possible. Hey, so I just want to, you have, a, you have an example in the book that uses logic, value, compassion, imagination, humor, and charm. It's like for a, for a car, right? So if you guys are watching, think of it like it's a house, right? Think of a car. This model gets 50 miles per gallon, right? That would appeal to people who are logical, right? Uh, the car's miles per gallon are at the highest rate compared to other models in its class. We believe that this car provides more value to our customer in regard to what you're going to pay for. And that one is clearly value. That's persisters. The thinkers, persisters, harmonizers, imaginers, rebels, promoters. Uh, bottom line, it's the best car on the market. It feels good. It looks nice. And you're going to be comfortable driving this car. That one is charm and feelings and compassion. And then all your friends are going to finally want to hang out with you because your car is awesome, which is humor. So that's kind of cool that that encompasses all six of the personality types. We could write, we should start writing Facebook ads that way. What do you think? We do everything. Our, our listings. All know? of our Facebook ads, our landing page copy, our landing page videos, our email copy is all structured in this. It's like going back to Pixar uses this, like Pixar and they don't like talking about it, but all of their screenwriters are trained in this. And Pixar is the most successful movie studio uh, startup of all time. I don't know what the success rate is, but it's got to be close to 95%. And me starting in movies, like that is unheard of. And the reason though they're so successful is they design a character for each way that somebody perceives the world. Mm -hmm. So there's a character that's focused on feelings and emotion. There's a character focused on thoughts and logic values and opinions. And that's why when you sit down at a, a Pixar movie, the whole family can go and it's such a diverse audience because they're pulling everybody into it. Now, the other fascinating use case of this is especially when you're engaging with a, a buyer of a house or, or even trying to close somebody to sell their house, the better that you can get it at how to identify that their, the way they perceive the world, the more effective that you can communicate. Because Let's just say you find a client and it's all about feelings and emotions. They, all they care about is, that, is this house going to make me feel good? And you're just sitting there saying, 
the data and facts about it. Like it's got X number of square feet. It's, you know, this price is this price per square feet. You're going to miss, you're going to disconnect on that connection. But if you can immediately recognize this person, you know, perceives the world through feelings and emotion, and then you match them with that, then that's where the real connection comes with. Now that doesn't mean if you're somebody that perceives the world through thoughts and logic, that you have to stay in feelings and emotion, but you have to at least meet them there so they can connect with you and then they can hear you. Yeah, totally, 100%. All right, dude, so with that, how are you using that with a new platform like TikTok or have you not even jumped in on TikTok yet? What does that look like? Yeah, I mean, we we dive into it a little bit. More of our partners are doing it, but it's the same exact principles. Again, with TikTok, constant and endless scrolling, a scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. How do we create that pattern interruption to get somebody to stop? And again, with the content, how do we contextualize it in such a way that once we have them there, that we can continue to build that retention? Because when we're talking about gaining attention, you know, there's three key pillars to what we define as a hook point. And a hook point, again, at its highest level is grabbing attention, but there's three key pillars in order for that to be successful. The first pillar is getting them to stop in that first three seconds. But once you have that attention, you need to retain it. So what is the story that you're gonna tell now that you have the attention built? And that story has to be good, otherwise you lose the attention and it falls flat. Then it moves to the third core pillar, which is authenticity and trust. Do people believe what you're saying. So all three have to come together because if you don't grab attention and get people to stop, you never make it to your story. If you grab the attention and your story is not good or it's not contextualized proper, properly, then it falls flat. If you grab attention, you have a great story, but nobody believes it, then you fall flat again. So all three have to play together. And it's the same across any platform, whether you're talking about TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, all of those principles come together and make you successful or lack thereof. Hey, hey Brendan, um, I want to talk about how, I want to talk about selling versus, I guess, not selling. <laughs> like when you talk about the less you try and sell, the more you will sell. Real estate agents have a really hard time with not selling themselves. So, you say that if a salesperson adopts uh, more of a method of creating content that is less salesy and made to be shared, um, that's going to uh, that's going to lead to actually selling when you're when you're actually not trying to. So, what are some examples of that type of method? Right? Because we like to be like, hey, we have a new open house, woo! Nobody cares. So. What, what what give me some examples of what that type of method would look like because you say that Facebook is for shares, Instagrams for experiences, and we'll get into Instagram in a second. But shareable content, like how do we do that? Like what's is there like a is there like a formula? Yeah, there's a, a a few different tactics that we really look at when it comes to just any type of content. Is is you know people ask me all the time like how do I close like a Taylor Swift or an MTV? Yeah. As a, as a client, or how do I generate a million followers in 30 days? It's because I am, I am looking for ways that I can express the most value to somebody. And value can come in many shapes or forms. It can come in the form of just entertainment, making somebody laugh, making somebody cry, making somebody happy. 
It can come in the form of education and sharing something. It can come in from, from social currency, something that's just really cool that people want to share with people because it's interesting. So again, to your point is like, if I'm posting open houses Saturday on my social, do people really care? Most of the time, again, in social media, they're not looking for open houses or, or listings like that. So to me, it's like, what is the mindset of somebody in social media? They're there to be entertained. They're there to be engaged. They're there to find something interesting and fascinating. So let's just take the open house, for example. Like, how would we make it so it's not coming off salesy and more entertainment or more, or more educational? So I would take one element of the property that is really unique. And this goes back to hook points and what we talk about in the hook point book. But what is the hook of that property? What is something that's truly remarkable about this? Like something about you are not going to believe the, the basement that this house has, or you're not going to believe this remarkable backyard that these guys took or the transformation of this backyard. It's like thinking about the home renovation shows. People love that. So instead of saying open house listing is what is truly unique about this property that would get not just the person looking to buy interested, but the general audience, the general population in that area. Because I think so many people get so hyper-focused is I just want to target the buyer. I just want to target the buyer. I just want to target the buyer. When you can miss out on, well, what about the buyer's brother? What about the buyer's mother? What about the buyer's brother? And I'll give you an example. So I did a uh, Mother's Day campaign for a company called Chatbooks. And it was, it was a case study in the 1 Million Followers book. But they came to me because my friend is, was the creative director and they had an amazing campaign of young kids, like three to eight years old, telling explaining why their moms are superheroes. And they said, you know, we want you to only target mothers 45 plus. And I said, listen, I get that, but let me just do some tests and see what happens. And they said they were, they, they were reluctant, but they let me do it. And when I got into the testing, what I noticed is it was actually resonating with females 18 to 25. And what was happening is those females, 18 to 25, were sharing it with their mothers and tagging them in the post. So what was happening is we were hitting our core demo in a far more powerful way, in addition to introducing the product to a completely new demo. And I think that that's kind of lost sometimes when we're, we're, we're so hyper-focused, I just want to make the sale. So I'm just going to target this specific audience when I'm sure all realtors out there know that that decision is not just the one person, the, you know, the, the wife or the, the husband or the brother or the sister or the, the, the son or the daughter weigh in on those decisions as well. So again, how can we make the property a hook to bring people in? Now, I don't know what you guys think of this guy, but he's been a master of it in the real estate game is, is Ryan Serhant. He yeah, is we love little, Ryan. We've had him on a bunch of times. Yeah, so what has he done with his social content, he will go and tour a $100 million property, even if he's not selling it. Why? Because that's a hook into his brand. And he's even said it himself. He'll have, he'll, he'll do a tour of a $15 million home that he's representing. And maybe 10 million people watch that. Now, 10 million people can't afford to buy that, but he's, he's admitted that he sells properties through that. So maybe less than a hundred out of the 10 million that have seen that are qualified to buy it. But what it does is it, it introduces people to him, to his brand, to all the people around his brand, and he's hitting his core demo at the same time. And that's where we've seen massive successes. How can you make your brand, 
How can you make your property interesting to the general public, even if they're not buying right now? Because what that will do is organically, you will get more reach for free and even paid, it will drop your cost in the auction because the auctions will see that people are engaging with the content. So really, dude, I love that. So if, if we're talking to real estate agents here and we're saying, okay, pick one platform to jump into right now, what would your suggestion be? Because we've got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, now TikTok, LinkedIn, Snapchat, all these other ones, and Pinterest. What would you tell them? Pinterest. Well, yeah, I mean, Pinterest is actually a pretty remarkable platform. No, I know, I know, I know. Properly, but... Yeah. It, it depends on a few variables. Uh, one is what is the end goal that you're going after? Is it, I'm just trying to sell homes or I'm trying to attract more homes to sell. If that's, if that's the case, then you want to, uh, TikTok's not going to be a great platform for you. I would focus probably Facebook, Instagram, maybe YouTube and LinkedIn. Um, if you're looking to build a, a larger brand, uh, like a national brand where you want to coach or create books and things of that nature, then where I recommend you start is what is the platform that you use the most? Because you need to be a student of the game. Like it's not just about going on these platforms and consuming content. It's about going on these platforms and studying the content, studying somebody like Ryan. What is it, what, why does it work? What are the hooks that he used? How does he structure his content? Uh, beyond that, understanding the differences from a consumption behavior and the pros and cons to each platform. So for example, YouTube is an amazing platform because you have long form consumption behavior. You can get somebody to watch something for five, 10, 15, 20 minutes, even hours in some cases, because that's the, the consume, consumption behavior that's ingrained. Now, YouTube's a little bit of a harder platform to scale on, but once you build that traction, you can build a very deep connection with your viewers because they're spending more time with you as opposed to when you look at uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, it's much more shorter form consumption behavior. You're lucky if you get somebody to watch for 30 to 60 seconds. However, you talk about Facebook, for example, uh, and as, as Nick mentioned, it's more of a sharing based platform. So it's all about that share button. It's structured around that share button. So you can reach scale and critical mass much quicker. Instagram, again, it's higher engagement rates, typically a bit easier to grow, a bit easier to get reach in the algorithms, but you're in that short form consumption. On top of that, one thing to consider is if you're just focused on lead gen, if you're just focused on how do I get more clients, then the best place to really start is with the ad platforms on each of these networks. And when I say ad platforms, that doesn't mean you have to start off spending tons and tons of money. You can start off with a small amount of money and just test and learn to figure out what it takes to really get somebody to fill out a registration form, an open house form, and, and measure your key KPIs. And this is one of the areas where people don't focus on is really define for yourself what is the value of a follower? What's the value of a click? What's the value of a lead? What's the value of a sale? What's the lifetime value of my clients? And factor all of that in when you're using paid campaigns because then you can create simple, very simple Excel spreadsheets to see if you're hitting the KPIs that you've set out for yourself or for your team. I wanna, I wanna end on like something super actionable. And I think let's, I wanna talk about Instagram for a second. 
Well, one thing I want to mention is about YouTube because you go into YouTube in the book. You also go into Snapchat really quick. One, one quick question then before my big question. Okay. You say Facebook is for shares. Instagram's for experiences. Snapchat, what's Snapchat for? Like what's the, what's the purpose of it? Well, I mean, Snapchat is just another communication line and it's kind of a communication line that feels more one-to-one sharing things that are more in the moment that will obviously be expiring. So you don't have to feel as perfect with the content, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, IG stories, Instagram stories took over that feature. So it's a very, it's the same experience that you get with Instagram stories with Snapchat. And I don't really feel that Snapchat is really the best for the audience that we're speaking to today, but that's the way that, that I would describe it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. This is my last question. And um, I think that this is a good one to end on and guys take, take some notes. Cause I, I think there's going to be a, a good, a good piece of strategy for you. So because Instagram is not built on shares, right? It's, it's hard to go viral on Instagram unless you have really great content experiences, like you say, right? What would be a great strategy? You talk about a couple strategies uh, for growing your, growing your, your influence on, on Instagram locally, right? Cause we're agents. Maybe we want, we want to grow our, our, our brand locally on Instagram. And some of those, some of those things are focusing on local businesses, you know, highlighting um, local people in your community doing great stuff. Uh, what are some strategies that we can use as agents because of the lack of shares on Instagram that we can grow our influence in our local market? That's a great question. So there's three primary ways that you can grow and scale on Instagram. One is getting reach in the algorithms. The algorithm seeing your content, it's building the retention, it's getting people to stop. They're, they're spending at least three seconds or more on the content. The more you do that and design that, the more reach you'll get to not just your followers, but beyond that and hitting the explore page. And again, a lot of this is, is really broken down deeply in my book, Hook Point and the Masterclass, which I'll, I'll send a link to so yeah. everybody can check out. Let me just say it's masterclass.hookpoint.com if you want to check it out. Yeah. And the the other way is distribution of content. So we've we've amassed millions and millions of followers on Instagram by distributing content out onto other channels and driving it back to ours. So, and you already touched upon this, is if you're dealing specifically with a local market, who are all the local businesses? Who are the local influencers? How can you tap into them and their accounts to drive traffic back to you. So different unique ways that you can do do that. Uh, Doing an interview with a local plumber or a restaurant or an athlete in the community to then syndicate that content on your channel and their channels to drive that back. Maybe you can do something, a fun open house where you invite some influencers or when COVID uh, restriction ends, you can do like a group dinner with local influencers with the whole idea of you're gonna cross pollinate that traffic together. Uh, Another tactic that can be used with those influencers or local businesses doing contests as well is, hey, we're gonna give away a dinner for two at this local restaurant. In order to do that, you have to follow the local restaurant and all the local restaurant followers have to follow you as a real estate agent. And contests are used a lot and giveaways are used a lot on Instagram. They can be positive. They can be negative. I would just say if it's relevant, 
if it's relevant to your brand, relevant to your business, I think it could be a great tool to do these cross-pollinations and promotions with these businesses where it's a win-win for both. And then the third, which we've talked about, is ads. Is with ads, you can do ads to a very specific geolocation for a nominal cost. That can also help drive follower growth, uh, drive email list building, lead generation for a business. So those are three of the, the top tactics that I would use specifically when it comes to Instagram. Awesome. And I just want to say you have a testimonial in the chat here, Jessica Morrison, who is uh, a good friend of LabCode agents. She's a huge supporter and she's a great agent. She said that she registered for masterclass. The content is great. And the last part that you just discussed is, is pure gold. She's been doing that for the last two years and it definitely works. Dana Gentry, good friend of ours. Uh, she says super strong. Thank you. So lots of cool, um, great testimonials in, in the, in the chat guys, give it up for Brendan Kane. Um, thanks for being here with us. Go to 1 millionfollowers.com. Go to masterclass.hookpoint.com. Thanks, Brandon. This was awesome, dude. Appreciate you being on and we will uh, see you next time, man. This episode is brought to you by Street Text, where you can run Facebook ads that actually work. They're ready to go Facebook ads that include landing pages, text message assistance through AI, drip emails, capture forms, and best practices. Join Street Text at streettext.com. Agents Podcasts.